0: Hi, I'm your host, Tina Clark, and welcome to My Weirdest Experience Podcast. This is the podcast of the weirdest experience that has ever happened to you, and gives you a venue to fully express yourself and share your weirdest story with the world. This is the No Judgment Zone, a safe place to share your experience. It's also a place where we discuss what happened to you, and share some possible theories on what and why this happened. If you would like to be on the show, email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Hi, I'm here with Sun Bo today, and he is an author, a networker, international speaker, shamanic practitioner with four decades of experience in shamanic journeys and teachings. In over 20 countries, he has learned and worked with native elders from dozens of nations of the Americas and last year in Australia. These teachings and experiences have led him to connect with interdimensional guides such as ancestors animal spirits, the Sasquatch and the star elders. He is also the author of the Sasquatch message to humanity series, which includes three books. I have read the books myself, and I think they're amazing, and I'm so excited to talk with Sunbo today. Welcome, Sunbo.
1: Hi, Tina. Thank you for welcoming me.
0: I'm so excited to have you here, and it's such an honor to talk to a fellow shaman. Um, Don't get to do that very often, but I'm looking forward to hearing your stories Or stories today. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I call myself more like a shamanic practitioner, Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, shaman means a spiritual person, spirit person or gifted person, and it's pretty hard to have such a judgment about ourselves, you know. So uh, from what I learned from my elders, actually, some of the greatest elders and teachers, the They don't call themselves shamans, but they're practitioners because we practice. We practice Mm -hmm. all our life, And through practice, we grow, we learn, we heal ourselves, which is the first step of uh, the medicine path, the medicine journey. So, yes, uh, it's a beautiful journey if we take it, if we engage in uh, this uh, pilgrimage consciously with the purpose of... uh, Healing and um, learning uh, sacred knowledge and uh, our, for our consciousness and soul evolution. So it's a path I I was blessed to take uh, 40 years ago. Uh, now, of course, uh, where there's uh, predispositions, there's a uh, Past lives. There's uh, things we've learned before. There's things we remember uh, as a child. Uh, I also had a predisposition as a child. As a, um, I, I had uh, natural gifts. I would say, like some many children, uh, clairvoyance, clairaudience, and. Uh, Premonition and uh, such uh, spiritual gifts and uh, memories of past lives as well. Uh, Of course, I didn't have, well, uh, I I wasn't raised in a shamanic society, so uh, I didn't have the teachings or explanation to. to me what was it's all about, all the entities and the astral plane and uh, everything that is beyond this physical world. Uh, I had a basic uh, spiritual teachings uh, from Christian faith uh, the, to love our neighbor and love God and which is a very good uh, basis. But life, my experiences took me Further, and I had to go look for more teachings to understand uh, my astral travels and uh, paranormal experiences. So I was—I uh, went on a first journey when I was before I turned 17. I lived for two years around North America, and um, so. That's where comes my story. As I, we talked earlier, as I told you, uh, it's my weirdest story. is pretty hard for me to target to, to select uh, out of uh, forty years on a shamanic path with um, made of weird stories. But um, I would I would rather say. Um, unusual or unconventional or paranormal, Uh, when uh, these experiences become a way of life, almost a path of learning, uh, basically the paranormal becomes normal. Right. So there is uh, many, many stories I could speak for for hours, but uh, we only have one, so I'll I kind of have a uh, story uh, that would probably illustrate uh, it's the, my this journey because the first it's a story, two stories in one. The first one happened at the very beginning of my journey of my path, shamanic path, and uh, the last one was like the follow-up of it. Uh, Just three years ago. So what happened? Uh, In uh, 1991, when I was uh, in British Columbia, I uh, met a man who had had shamanic training with elders. So he gave me some teachings and some instructions how to take a vision quest. Uh, the vision quest is pretty much uh, many, many shamanic cultures, it's the first step into uh, shamanism, into becoming a medicine person uh basically the vision quest there's many different forms but it summarizes and you go on your own in nature it could be at times in a medicine lodge somewhere or on a mountaintop or in a cave and you fast and pray until uh, you get a vision and a vision usually um can have many many shapes but the first vision often usually uh, describing many traditions is when you meet your spirit guide so the the spirit guide is an entity uh a being from another plane that will teach you uh, about the spiritual matters other spiritual realms and um, it is often it can be all kind of beings but it is often an animal spirit uh, could be an ancestor it could be different types of beings but um, uh, it's often most often an animal spirit to start with for me it was so it was uh, so there's that's how the story starts. I went to um, near Chehalis in the Fraser Valley. Uh, Chehalis is um, the reservation of the Stylists, that are uh, we better known as Salish people, Salishan. And that is uh, exactly where the actual name, Sasquatch, comes from. From their language. So I didn't know that back then in 81. But when I went, I was a young lad, 17-year-old, and uh, we went, 10 guys, and we went to camp on the riverside. And we we stripped a couple cedar to build a roof on our lean-to, we built a big lean-to. So, what happened there is that at night, we, we, we didn't have any like environmental consciousness or uh, respect of native land or any kind of that. Uh, basic awareness uh, back then you know so anyhow in the the middle of the night we were all sleeping and we hear some giant some heavy footfalls coming our way uh, out of the wood in the um, along the shore of the river when there's no trail or anything in the brush we hear this coming to us and uh we were all kind of stunned or hypnotized paralyzed but then we we all we all described the same experience afterward that we heard someone talking into our mind or into our dream others said Um, it was we felt like it was like a native spirit or a spirit of the land keeper of the land or something like that and that uh, he told us that we, he was angry he told us that we had not respected the land and stripped the two cedars there, and um, so um, the roof at that moment, the roof of our lean-to, of our shelter, fell right in our face. Uh, The post, the main post uh, was about six inches wide and uh, it snapped like a toothpick. So we, um, we all woke up, of course, and uh, it was pouring rain. It was pitch black, dark night, starless, uh, and uh, so we were all like trying to wonder what what happened, uh, what's going on. And we all start saying, "Hey, I hear someone talking into my head, and me too, and everything." And we we, we were all totally blasted, we couldn't understand what happened. But there was one of us who was camped in his little tent next to our our shelter. And he arrived, he was freaked out, he uh, he said, we got to go, we got to go. And we said, what's going on? And he said, you won't believe me, but I saw a big hairy monster come and break the camp. And then he disappeared like a ghost. So of course uh, we didn't believe him and uh, also uh, we had no, uh, at that point, none of us had any idea or knowledge about Sasquatch, we didn't even make any connection with it. Uh, Personally, it came back years later that I remember that experience, I said, oh, that's what happened and there was, there was going to be a follow-up with that. Um, but just to finish this uh, 1981 experience, there was uh, the next, we had to, like, in the middle of the dark night, pouring rain, we had to drag all our things into the night and try to uh, walk miles, tried to find a, a shelter we found an abandoned house the next day um seven of them of us split so i stayed there with another just a couple other guys and uh i maybe a week later or so week or two later i'm not sure it was uh october 13th 1981 I remember the date was full moon and there were um, huge northern lights dancing all over the sky very bright uh, a lot of scarlet color red I rarely seen this kind of color. And so I I had been fasting and I decided to do a vision quest on that day and I went uh, out and prayed and my spirit guide came to me. Uh, the first one I met is a raven spirit. And... Um, which is very important. I, I have no knowledge about any animal medicine then. That's what started me. So I went, I realized, I, I had no idea. I was afraid. I, what's this? Spirit coming to me he wants to talk to me very gently, very kindly, loving. But I'm, I'm freaking out because I'm not prepared for this. I have never had the right education. So um, the first time was pretty much just a, uh, meeting encounter and i knew uh, we could always communicate so i started to search and i found out that in the west coast totem poles and um, in their legends the raven is a messenger of great spirit It's often a creator and uh, can be a trickster but it's a very uh, wise keeper of uh, secrets of magic Uh, It's very related to shamanism. And I learned many, many years later that uh, the raven is very often associated with Sasquatch as well, uh, in in different tribes. So that was the beginning of my journey back then, 40 years ago. So I'll uh, fast forward in time. Uh, because uh, it took me um, 33 years of this shamanic training to be able to first uh, to add Sasquatch encounters, meanwhile. Uh, like uh, once in a, a very few years. But uh, I couldn't connect all the dots together uh, until uh, 33 years later when I seven years ago when I uh, finally went and my vision quest was to meet the sasquatch and it, it happened and it's, they started teaching me and transmitting me the their message and teaching so I could uh, uh, share them so um, to come up with the Second part of the story, the follow-up, it happened just uh, three years ago, because after I met the Sasquatch, as you know, um, I wrote the, the book, Sasquatch Message to Humanity, and uh, it was uh, published by uh, Kelly. And the, the, there was a conference, international conference, that was uh, started at the same time as uh, my books were coming out. And uh, it, we had communities online and still. And so there's, uh, there was like a pretty good outreach around the world. Uh, the book one, for instance, has been translated in, uh, as far as I know, in uh, Hungarian, it's online, and uh, part in Russian and Japanese, and uh, it was just published in Indonesian uh, so far. So uh, it's got it's got uh, it's, it's been around, it's going around, as they had promised, uh, as I didn't expect when uh, they first started to give me a uh, message to channel. Um, so through all this process that grew uh, into like uh, would say a disclosure movement, I have seen a lot of mainstream uh, well mainstream, more conventional uh, Bigfoot Sasquatch researchers that have been changing their views in the recent years. And uh, understanding there's a paranormal and a psychic and maybe uh, extraterrestrial phenom- phenomena that are uh, related to Sasquatch. It's not just a big ape, that's never been a big ape. So uh, I think the, there's been ripples and waves and uh, as uh, it's a time when humanity is ripe to to learn about our to remember to remember our, our true origin and our relationship with our star family, including our elder brothers and closest relative, the
0: Sasquatch. So you so both- you wrote yeah. the book in the first book in 2015. Mm-hmm. So that was six years ago. Um, has their message changed for us over that time?
1: Uh, what they wrote and what they told me to write in those books, uh, I think it's timeless because it goes into a big uh, cosmic picture, distant past, forget. For, for the garden past and uh, destiny and our purpose and so this kind of thing is always actual uh, they do will, they will give uh, like punctual uh, messages or guidance like like any spiritual guide it's actually if you work in uh, shamanism you could work with uh, animal spirits, ancestors star beings uh, uh, spirit nature elementals Uh, or uh, other two like uh, like the Sasquatch people they all um, basically work the same way uh, similar ways to help us on our healing journey on our evolution uh, to open our consciousness and teach us lessons that make us uh, bring us greater understanding and uh, our purpose how to serve better basically because that's what the whole journey is about. Uh, we're on this planet to, to do our duty and uh, or our dharma, to what we call the uh, healing journey or the medicine way. So it's, so it's not a holiday, it's not a like, um, uh, it, there's a purpose. And if we walk this way, we, we keep finding more and more purpose to it. Because there's a continuation, there's a, there's a progression happening. Which takes me uh, to this uh, second part of the story. Of the, uh, going to that same place where I was in, uh, I just told you the story in uh, 1981. I returned in uh, June tw- 2018, three years ago, with a very good brother, uh, Eric, who is also a Sasquatch communicator, and an animal communicator. Um, so we we returned to the we were actually, okay, yeah, we, we were actually at the Sasquatch Days in Harrison uh, Hot Springs, next to Chehalis. The Sasquatch Days were first uh, celebrated in 1938. They were partly, well, it, but it's a local native Silas uh, celebration of Sasquatch. Because uh, they and other tribes, uh, especially in the Northwest, oh, but it's uh, in many, many places. Uh, also here in the Northeast, there's things in Australia, in different places. There, are, The tribes honor the, those uh, relatives, those uh, hairy humanoids, relatives. And uh, they will leave offerings in Tibet also as well. Uh, they leave... Uh, they, they send them, you know, uh, they honor them. They, they will include them in their ceremonies. They, uh, here we call uh, spirit plates. They will leave spirit plates for Sabe, mm-hmm. which is Sasquatch in uh, Anishinaabe language. So they put a little bit of food, every, all the different foods they eat for the forest people. So, uh, we, one thing also, uh, maybe I can add to this, is um, the Sasquatch themselves do that. And I believe uh, that they taught this uh, tradition of the spirit plate to the natives. Because they left me one once. Uh, we went out in the bush and it was in BC to look for a um, big three structures I had found years earlier. And sadly, that part of the forest had been clear cut. But we found another small, sm- two actually smaller three structures. And there was like an altar in front of it, and with A spirit plate, which was uh, simply a piece of bark with little samples of all the different plants growing around. So I suggest this, uh, I learned this from them and I do it now, and I suggest this to any shamanic practitioner. If you go to a a place, uh, to say a sacred site to do a ceremony, use the um, um, the bark from the local trees and the, a little bit of every plant growing there so it's a way to learn what's growing there uh, to honor every species every essence and so um, okay so uh, I go on to that second part of the story where I went with Eric. I, we were at the Sasquatch days. We went by Harrison Lake to camp. We had Sasquatch con- encounter contacts there, I should say. So the next day I said, well, I know a place not far from here where I had, I had my first encounter. Uh, it was uh, 38 years ago then. So, we went there. So, we got to, by the Fraser River. Fraser, uh, it's a very mighty, powerful river. It's about um, almost, nearly a mile wide. uh, It's a very big river. Lots of salmon. And and giant trees, tall trees. It's very wild. So, we went there by uh, Chihalis. The same exact spot of the first story I told you. And I had never been back in 38 years. So when, um, when we arrived, I first found, surprisingly, the remains of our camp, all the beams we had cut, we're still piled up in the grass. Uh, so I said, well, wow. I said, this is uh, the spot, you know, I, I, this is where we had a camp and the Sasquatch put it in, down in our face. So uh, Eric told me, hey, look behind. And I turned around and there's there's a, an amazing artwork, I say, uh, uh, branch structure, some like a long long, tipi shape, uh, but the most amazing part was that there were green balls, uh from uh, still in the ground that, that were uh, woven inside the structure with knots and uh, to show that it was just freshly made. So I call those uh, those structures to communication devices because that's I believe there's a lot of encoded messages and information in them. If we start observing them, are uh, intricately woven and ent- it takes a lot of intelligence and skill to make such structures. Even a human will have a very hard time. So. Once we saw the structure, we said, "Well, let's camp here." They 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 were expecting us, right? So we lit a little fire, set up camp uh, by the river, and um, so that. Go the the rest of the story is going to show the difference between the, the first and the last time in what I had learned in in my shamanic journeys, how it evolved. What happened? As the dusk came, it was still uh, pretty, not dark yet, but uh, I saw the face of a grandmother Sasquatch uh, watching me. About uh, 10 yards away, maybe. In the first, very, very clear, very beautiful, loving, old, very ancient, uh, smiling face, blinking. I could see her eyes blink, uh, watching me. So I started, she started to talk to me. I started to talk to her, and telepathy, of course and to welcome me and tell me who they are and uh, they're the local, she's the matriarch of the local clan and all this conversation go on. And my friend, i sitting next to me. I said, do you see her? Do you see her? He said, I feel her, but I can't see her. So I asked her, could I film you? And she kind of laughed and she said, you can try. And I turned on the camera and she doesn't she up in the camera but i see her clear as they so this is the kind of things they can do uh, with their uh, interdimensional abilities if it happens only to you all the time you might think whoa uh, am i nuts or something <laughs> but the thing is it happens to a lot of people in different ways in different times so to continue the story uh she then disappeared about maybe 10-15 f- minutes she disappeared and i don't see her anymore but then my friend sees her and i don't she sees her on another tree and she sees her smiling and talking to her, him now so that's how personal they can be it can make you see them and the next person doesn't and or vice versa Okay. so they, they were teaching us uh, each time every second of experience with them is always a deep teaching if we can assimilate it. so what happened is that she talked with him for 10 15 minutes and he, he at the end he was she was telling preparing him and at the end he felt five successive big wave of love come in his heart and he went like whoa and uh, she, well he said it felt like a cleansing and uh, all the fear left him and then she told him you are ready to meet us uh, just as he tells me that we hear big footsteps come. and knocks on the tree right close to and it comes and it's stuff about what you know for 30-40 feet from us at the most maybe 30 feet bro. so my friend was holding on to his chair and <laughs> looking at me and I said <laughs> they're here brother they, we come to meet them and they come to meet us and that was the Patriarch, the the male elder that had just arrived, they gave us names, they gave me, they gave us names, and I think uh, names are just for us to to remember who we're talking about, but they don't need names among them. Mm -hmm. They're telepathic. Mm -hmm. Um, But he's the keeper of the water. He's the keeper of the, uh, the river. Fraser. The MIT Fraser. He um, he talked to me and he said, Nice to see you again. (laughs) Uh, He said, I'm the guy who came and put down your camp 38 years ago. He said, I don't apologize for it because I'm the keeper of the river. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But he said, I'm glad to see you have learned. So uh, it was a very great revelation for me. <laughs> it was like um, closing the circle, you know?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so what, what it continued on. That was the beginning of the night. But then um, they introduced us, us to their clan and just a few individuals they kind of uh, brought, brought up individually but at one point
0: uh,
1: we could see 15 of them we could count 15 of them around us mm-hmm. and when i say uh, around us it's, uh, it's at about you know 30 feet at the most And we were both there and could both see them clearly. We could hear them move in the bush and track some branches and uh, footsteps. So we were like, wow, you know, (laughs) you want to have a Sasquatch experience? (laughs) That was a pretty good, pretty good one, Mm -hmm. but it's not over yet. So um, what happened next is that we spoke with them. They gave us a bunch of uh, information, download and telepathy. They told us that they are of the oldest lineage of Sasquatch on Earth. They told us a lot of information. So I I I asked her. It was mostly the grandmother who was transmitting the information. So I asked her. um, You must know Camus, my. Uh, and main Sasquatch guide, who, uh, who I have met many times in many places, and who many other people have met as well, and even several have channeled. So I asked her, uh, "You must know him." She said, "Of course." She said, "He's our elder." And I say, "Is he with you?" She said, "Oh no, he's not here. But ask him." So I I asked Camus, I said, can you hear me? Are you here? Uh, He said, oh, I can hear you, but uh, I'm very far on a spaceship. Oh, so uh, I said, uh, are you going to come? It was a little moment, and then he said, okay, I'm coming. So i just t- tell this what i just told you i tell this to my my friend there eric and it didn't take two seconds he said hey look up look up and i look up and there's the spaceship coming right toward us we saw at first like uh, three spotlights three big lights but then it came uh came low, it was coming down, and it it, it stopped over the, the river, it hovered for a few seconds there, it turned into a bright, super bright green light. Uh, it was maybe 200 feet above the river or something, and then it flew just above the tree line, right above our head Uh, we could see the underneath the ship and it flew across the river and sat landed on the mountain top across the river from where where we saw it for the rest of the night it was flashing at us once in a while but as it passed uh I was informed, I said Camus was here. I had come with the ship with a star elder, uh, tall, white, and um, they came and uh, they were in their astral form, I have to uh, specify, but uh, I, uh, I could see them clearly. Uh, my friend. Could see all the other ones for sure, and so uh, I re- there uh, he gave me. Um, Camu gave me uh, an information download for with uh, you know it's a package of information and like a big file that you put in your in your computer brain and uh, to be processed and. Uh, and understood, <laughs> uh, eventually, that uh, I could channel the message there, and after which, it was about four in the morning then, uh, he said, well, now I see you are uh, pretty tired, you have had a pretty good experience mm-hmm. tonight, and so we let, we'll let you rest, and we're going to go back and as we said that, they all disappeared. And the ship, spaceship across the, on the mountain took off, and they disappeared. And everything was quiet. So that is uh, the second part of the story to show what happened in 38 years of shamanic learning, with many great elders and teachers, and with uh, I would say, uh, some dedication, some efforts, some uh, sacrifices, because it's not always a—it's it's not an easy path. It's a path of service, uh, and uh, you must let go of many worldly things to uh, do this kind of work. Uh, you must uh, offer teachings and uh, healing. My elders told me freely. Uh, and uh, just uh, accept what, what's offered and uh, same with ceremonies so uh, that's this why it's not such a wide path not too well walked that's not a mainstream but it uh, surely takes a few to walk it because um, it's a it's a path that brings a healing not only to oneself but to the collective uh, consciousness. Uh, for instance, uh, cleansing ancient sites where there's uh, lingering souls or uh, curses, or um, uh, working on ancestral karma, uh, healing lineages generations back and generations forward and uh, also interspecies communication to grow beyond the human mind to the limited human mind to go into um, understanding the fabrics of the universe uh, different dimensions telepathy which is the universal language uh, most uh, most efficient mm-hmm. uh, that can be that, is, that works with every sentient being, whether plants, trees, uh, animals, insects, everything, and non physical being as well. That's how uh, we come we do work with the spirit world, with whether it is to help troubled souls, and um, even uh, evil entities, we could say entities that chosen an evil path. They are not enemies. They are also uh, part of the equation, and they they carry a teaching, they carry a lesson for us to learn. And it is um, the best we can do is have uh, compassion and help them in their healing journey. With that attitude, uh, we are protected, there is no power that can affect us. Because when evil, or threat, comes to us, we respond with with this universal love and compassion, and pray for healing and peace for those beings. So, they either heal or they go. So, this is pretty much what uh, has been taught to me, through those years and of uh, first learning through listening, through observing, watching, uh, taking example of wise wise ones, of ones who have walked the path before us, and uh, as well as um, practicing, because mm-hmm. it's it's work, and the more we work, the more we practice the better we get right everything.
0: so you said the tree structures were communication devices yeah and yeah. Th- to communicate with humans
1: yeah mostly uh, of course among Sasquatch they, they understand this language but it takes what well, those structures taught me because I found several and I studied others and a chapter in my L.S. Uh, encyclopedia that addresses that. Are um, there's some people called glyph, what, what I call stick arrangements. Mm-hmm. Uh, we could say, and I, another example I was telling you is the spirit plate. It, it, we could say it's uh, natural art,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which requires uh, ingenuity, uh, creativity, uh, de- uh, delicate attention. It, it some if you see a pile of branch and you just walk by you say, oh that could be scratch maybe but if you look at it and you start seeing how they are all the interwoven and like a basket and uh and things that don't are possible to happen randomly in nature you you start to read their language to understand the codes intelligent codes that they Program the encoded in the, the structures for those who can read because most people will just walk by.
0: Mm-hmm. What about the X structures? I've seen those mm-hmm. in a forest. What did those mean?
1: There is, you know, that I'm not sure if there is one, you know, some people try to read like the. Symbols like glyphs, you know, like they're runes or some kind of alphabet. And I'm I'm not saying it's not possible.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my experience is different when I find different structures like that. I usually go into uh I communicate in and telepathy with whoever has done it. Mm-hmm. So they will kind of explain or give me images or words. Make it clear. For instance, once I was on a living in a place not uh, well, far from here, where they were coming every night in the backyard. Uh, to my uh, friend's uh, surprise, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh...
0: <laughs> did you warn your friend or?
1: <laughs> uh, well, yes, yeah, she got used to it. She's amazing. <laughs> oh, okay. i was yeah. throwing a ladder out of the blue one time, and uh, she asked me. Uh, are you throwing those pebbles? I say, uh, oh no, it's the Sasquatch. And then they threw a whole handful of pebbles at my foot. Between us two, you know. <laughs> so that's the kind of little magic trick they can do just for fun because they also enjoy uh, laughing, but like every intelligent being. But they, uh, every detail as a, is charged with meaning and with teachings. And if you just meditate upon these experiences, you you learn, you grow a lot. All, that's how they explain to me all the different dimensions from uh, uh, what we call antimatter. They call meta matter.
0: Mm-hmm. What
1: we call dark matter. Uh, they call uh, alter matter. And they explain all the interaction between uh, all the fabrics of the universe function because we are multi-dimensional beings, we are all these dimensions at once, but our consciousness has been trapped into materialism and to believing in into only this 4D linear time movie, which sometimes can be a bad scenario. Just, uh, okay.
0: What about the knocks that they make? Is that what what are the purpose of the knocks?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like like the X you said, um, it's um, usually an X could be interpreted like uh, closed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or like uh, it locked, but it can be interpreted in other writings as a friendship mm-hmm. or a connection meeting place crossroad. so it's very hard to know without being there in the context of exactly um, who's doing it for what purpose you know? mm-hmm. the Knox is the same I have uh, the Knox is the it's their energetic signature ah. the, when you hear a big uh, wood knock and the what can it be other than Sasquatch, right? Uh, the other thing is, um, they shake, you hear trees being shaking and and broken. Yeah. Uh, I heard two uh, two for close to me the first time came, um, and others have reported the same. And then you go around and you don't see the, you don't find the broken trees. Someone told me she heard a, a big tree fall right next to her tent and there was no tree in the morning. So uh, it's their energetic signature.
0: So they can project um, that sound, but it's not actually happening.
1: It could be happening on a, an interdimensional level. Maybe on another okay. dimension, they break a tr- trees. behind, you, but then they, it's not there for you. Uh, for instance, you know. The thing with with them with this kind of phenomenon that we never finish learning and understanding everything. We always get more a little bit more a little bit more, and that's what makes it so interesting. It's mm-hmm. a nice journey.
0: I have a theory. I want to ask you what you think. Mm-hmm. I once heard a sound. When I was between waking and sleeping and it was like a clanking sound, like uh, the only thing I can describe is like spoons and forks being clanked together. And I asked um, Archangel Michael, what was that sound? You know, am I hearing something from another dimension? And he said, no, you just came back into your body. And that's the sound that it makes. And so I had this theory about Sasquatch that those knocking sounds are popping sounds where them popping in and out of our dimension.
1: Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, there's a uh, different phenomena that uh, might have... Uh, explanation, but uh, this is very interesting. It's also like, imagine when some people have uh, reported that uh, when you see a uh, there's like in between plasma state. Yeah. So uh, it could be very similar with sound, I believe. Uh, I couldn't explain it better makes sense.
0: Yeah. So just a the theory because I experienced it myself and I know people hear those tree knocks or knocking sounds and they attribute it to Sasquatch. So I was wondering if they were just popping in and out of the dimensions and that's the sound that they make.
1: Yeah. Well, mo- they certainly do pop in and out of the dimension that I uh, from my my first experience and from uh, hundreds of documented personally that I personally documented or uh, talked with people they 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 appear and disappear and that, but that's like just a one tiny little part of what it means to, to what, what their interdimensional ability
0: yeah. So what, did you go back to that location in order to meet with the Sasquatch? 38 yeah. yeah. years later? Okay.
1: Yeah, because as well as, uh, we uh, like I told you, we were at the Sasquatch-based festival. We went to the native ceremony that I filmed actually and put online. Uh, we had that night encounter with the local clan. They came, uh, well, we had a strong connection. And uh, so we decided, said, well, why not, while we're next to it, you know, like next village, why not go there and check it out. And this was the first time in 38 years I was returned.
0: I'm amazed that they never touched that structure again. The one, the lean-to that you created that he knocked down, they never moved it. They never yeah, touched
1: it. I was it. surprised. I, was, I wasn't I was <laughs> expecting to see any traces of it, but there was basically a pile of beans uh, randomly scattered.
0: You know what I think? I think they left it there so you could find it.
1: Mm-hmm. So you
0: could find the exact spot where you were at and then you could find them.
1: Yeah, and I'm also surprised that no, no human came and picked up those beans. Yeah. Uh, It's still you know there's people around there, on the reservation uh, so it was there's some kind of things like that are almost un- un- unbelievable uh, <laughs> yeah. but they do happen so often for me <laughs> so um i'm, I'm long past um, you know the point of trying to prove or, or provide evidence or anything because there's so much uh, now I write books uh, to tell uh, those last forty years of my shamanic experience journeys. Um, started a new series that I published the first title uh, in December, uh, contemporary shamanic journeys, and uh, I'm working on volume two now, which should be out by by the summer. I should
0: and you have an encyclopedia, right? Yeah, I need to read uh, that one. I haven't read that book yet.
1: Okay, well, I I should say a few words about it. You, you have time still?
0: Sure, go ahead.
1: Okay. Um. The the when I after uh, the Sasquatch Research to Humanity series, mm-hmm. uh, it reached out to a, a, a network of uh, pretty already conscious aware special people because you couldn't pass through the first chapter otherwise right mm-hmm. so um but uh there's still i was seeing so much lies and myths and, and confusion about that question the big for the world uh, and and uh, all the so many so-called experts who never had an encounter One point I was coming to the last uh, elder I introduced in my in the Sasquatch message it was the, the White Hermit was strong, strong Earth medicine, who was a local elder in the uh, valley I was living in, Beeson's Volcan Valley, where he actually was actively involved in re- repelling or uh, should I say defending his uh, family and home from CIA-funded operation of uh, the Sasquatch hunting in the early 60s, mm-hmm. it lasted like three years. Uh, the place where that happened, where actually the, uh, the hunters at the base camp is actually still called on the map Sasquatch Lake. Mm-hmm. And it's a provincial park. So, um, I went there to, in the intention to connect with him and everything. But finally, we we to make the story short, we connected. I channeled a chapter from him, and we kept in contact afterward. And other people have met him, and a few others have channeled him too as well. So uh, at this point, um, after the message was written, I was told by my by them by my guys that. Uh, you done your share. You don't have to report every one of your single uh, personal conversation with us or every one of your experiences because you put the, what we ask you to put on those books and it's, it's done, right? So I said, okay, and uh, what's next? So that's why elder, uh We did, we had actually a sweat lodge in my, uh, my backyard where I was living there by the river, the second River. We had uh, Native elders from many tribes coming with, to do ceremonies with us from uh, the Yukon, South Dakota, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, uh, from BC. And we had uh, tipis, we had uh, Native American church ceremonies, we had sun dancers coming. So it was a very good spot to... Uh, to practice. And uh, the Sasquatch were often, uh, very involved in, uh, included in our ceremonies uh, and very present. Uh, there were other Sasquatch communicators around. and um, So anyhow, we did a sweet lodge on the winter solstice and uh, that day on the mountain right in front of the house, the face of the white, Sasquatch Hermit appeared for us, for us, all of us, there was clear as day. And, um, and uh, my, my landlord had been there 25 years, he had never seen this before. And the face, that's when he told me, next phase. Now I'm gonna I'll help you, ask you. And help you to write a book about the, our true story, uh, about everything that's been said about us, right and wrong, mm-hmm. to right the wrongs, to debunk the myths, undo the lies, and all the, the false rumors that have been spread, widespread, very often intentionally, even part of different formation programs, including many secret service uh, agencies. So I started from scratches. Of course I had uh, done a lot of studies on the topic, but I started from scratches and I sat there uh, six months and that's all I did. I, I, I gathered all the information I could find. I, I looked into hundreds, literally hundreds of uh, sources, about every book, every article, everything that's been ever written on Sasquatch mm-hmm. uh, in a chronological order, what uh, uh, manipulation have been made because it's, it's possible to retrace, it's possible to see where someone's going to track. Um, and for instance, uh, some of the main most famous uh, researchers they were not scientifically uh, they were not scientifically honest. Mm-hmm. They had a, an agenda, or they had a, already like something to prove about Big Ape, for instance. John Green, the best known Sasquatch researcher in Canada history, uh, was basically he uh, gathered six thousand or so uh, reports and uh, used uh, less than than ten percent, mm-hmm. uh, probably uh, just uh, a handful that he kept uh, quoting. Uh, uh, every mention of psychic, paranormal, or even intelligence were discarded. So that is, has been the mainstream Bigfoot movement, uh, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, attitude, uh, the same the approach that all the, the so-called experts have used to prove their Big 8 theory. Well, some will say, say maybe it's a, uh, another, another kind of hominid <sighs> um, uh, uh, um, or There's a list that actually, in the introduction of my um, encyclopedia, I go through a list of all the Texan, Texans that have been uh, labeled on Sasquatch by people who never had an experience. Yeah. And that makes the backbone of mainstream uh, Bigfoot literature. And if you come with something psychic or spiritual, you're in the woo-woo clan, which is like, the okay, right, yeah. yeah. The ones that we, we can't believe what they say, so we just, we just won't. But if you look at the... I'm not saying everybody that says story is true, but if you look at the majority of stories, not only the ones I've heard firsthand or read, uh, but uh, the ones from ancient native indigenous traditions around the world, for instance. There is no Sasquatch without metaphysics, without paranormal, without psychic, without magic, without star beings. It's always come around next or close it. Yeah. Uh, the typical Sasquatch grouse, the road, sorry, uh, the driver saw it. That happens, uh, but that it doesn't tell us much about who they are. But if we look at it, I, all ancient traditions, uh, I, I was in Australia last year, uh, spent a lot of time with the original, who called himself original. Mm-hmm. Um, they 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 yeah we started they call Yahweh, we they have a, a list of names down there, doliga, they have the tones the small short ones, but uh it's uh it's a common knowledge, just like if you go in the west coast in British Columbia, for instance, in the Salish tribes and the slaly in the Cowichan, the, the you know, on vancouver Island you talk about South the uh, two natives they it, 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 it's uh, Established fact for them, but they won't talk to strangers. And I had a personal experience in chalice because I talked to two different natives, a man and a woman. And I asked, "Oh, you have uh, Sasquatch stories around here?" They said, "Oh, yeah, but we don't talk about it." So yeah. then I start talking, and they say, "Well, uh, they're my first guides and I work with them, and they Oh, whoa, wait. Oh, well, my, I met them uh, there, by the corner over there, and, was, and then. The other woman goes and gets uh, a photo of tracks they took last week uh, on her cell phone and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. There's a certain sort of secrecy or I would say discretion because uh, people don't understand. The Western uh, society don't understand uh, shamanism and uh, paranormal and psychic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they don't try to understand. I mean, uh, openly, I mean, the mainstream, uh, of course, people do, but the mainstream society uh, will call us, we will, will deny everything we say. I've had over 100 sightings of spaceships uh, and Sasquatch uh, and uh, uh, of all different types. And uh, I'm not never going to be mainstream. Yeah, that.
0: me too. <laughs> Never gonna be mainstream. Don't want to be. <laughs> no. Okay. No, room for us. <laughs> no. Well, thank you so much, Sunbo, for telling your story and writing those books. I highly recommend his books, Sasquatch Message to Humanity. To the listeners, please open your minds and your hearts. And. You know, connect with all beings on this planet—not only Sasquatch, but we were here to protect them, right, Sunbo? We w- wrote that about in your book that we were here to take care of the planet and yeah. all so the beings why, on it.
1: That's why this uh, just to come to the shortly uh, about the encyclopedia. That's why they asked me to put. Compile tons of documented information.
0: Mm-hmm. And if people, the, if listeners want to reach the, you, how, how can they reach you?
1: Uh, well, my website, scenicsasquatch.com, uh, uh, scenic S C E N I C means Sasquatch Close Encounter Network for interspecies Communication.
0: And I'll have all of Sunbo's links in the notes for the episode. So you can go check out his website, get his books, and learn more about the forest people, beautiful forest people. Thank you for listening. If you have a weird experience to share, please email me at contactstargazingangel at gmail.com. Check out our website on tinakinneclark.com. Also, we're on Facebook, and like us on Facebook and share your favorite episodes with your friends and family. I look forward to hearing about your weirdest experience.